Hello and welcome back to Flash Knockdown Series 2. It's Episode 6. I'm your host, Jamie Ward, joined as always by producer Scott Hamilton. It's San Antonio Fight Week, and here's what we have coming up for you all on today's show. Thomas Carty and Jay McFarlane are on the line together on the Ink is Dry. Very entertaining. You don't want to miss this one. Unbeaten light heavyweight Khalil Coe. He's under the spotlight this week ahead of Saturday's ring return. WBA World Super Flyweight Champion Joshua Franco. He talks his next move and brother Bam Rodriguez's main event clash this weekend. Big John Fisher. He runs over the best things to happen in boxing last week. And Darren Barker tries to plug a few nicknames from underneath the alias apron. All coming up on Flash Knockdown, so don't go anywhere. Well, every now and then, fights get made that excite us. And Thomas Carty versus Jay McFarlane for the Celtic heavyweight mm. title is one of those fights. May 20th, live on the zone on the Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron undercard in yep. Dublin. Thomas Carty, let me come to you first. I think being on this card for you is special in its own right, and it means a lot to you. But throwing your first title fight added into that mix and a good step up against Jay McFarlane, how does that feel? Yeah, it's, you know what? It's great news. There's a great buzz about the city, especially even this week with tickets going on sale. Uh, great buzz about the city and everybody's talking about the event. So it's massive for me and massive for my profile, you know? I haven't fought in Ireland in probably eight years. I think it's been about eight years and obviously first time as a professional. So it's special in, in its own right for that sake alone. But then throwing the title fight in on top of it then, it's just the icing on the cake, you know? Well, Jay McFarlane is a character. He's the man in the opposite corner. Tell us what you know about Jay, Tom, and, and tell him how you rate him as well. Jay's obviously a good fighter, you know what I mean? He's around a long time. He's an experienced guy. I don't know what age he is, but I don't think he's as old as 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 people might think. You know, he's around a long time. He's probably not too far up myself or younger than myself I'm, even, I'd say. I'm 20, 25. I turned 25 last month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's younger than me, you know what I mean? But... In terms of pro experience, you know, which is worth a lot, he's been around a long time. So I do. I write him fairly highly. He's always been there or thereabouts um, in the spotlight, you know what I mean? Especially with me coming through. You know, I only turned pro two years ago, I think. So uh, he was well well on in his career even at that stage. So it's an honour to be fighting against the likes of Jay McFarlane, to be completely honest with you. Well, Jay, welcome. I think you've admitted in, okay. in the past, Jay, that you've uh, you've taken a lot of fights on, on short notice previously. You've had good notice for this one, it's on a massive card as well. Why was this an easy fight for you to accept? Every fight's an easy fight for me to accept. I'm a fighting man, but it's even more so that I, I like Tom and I got on with Tom. We talked to each other on and said, oh, boxing friends. But uh, we talked to each other on Instagram and that. So it's just not like, I, I know for a fact that both of us are going to go in there. We are going to knock seven shades of shit out of each other and go for a fight after. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's an easy fight to take. It's not an easy fight to win. He's a fucking good... He's a good tall boxer. He's a southpaw as well. I fucking hate southpaws. I'm naturally a southpaw as well. And I always get trained to box orthodox. But, uh, but I fucking hate fighting against them. But it, mate, this is going to be fighting the night. We, we will steal the show, me and Tommy. 100%. Well, Tommy, let me come back to you just, just on that. Um, Jay's always got a way with words. And, and we look forward to this... <laughs> Uh, to the build-up for this fight, definitely. Jay's had 21 professional fights, I believe, compared to just your four in a professional mm. ring, Thomas. You give away a decent advantage, a big advantage, really, in professional experience. Why is that not something that concerns you at this stage and something you also feel won't necessarily matter on May 20th? 
the, where I write myself and the trajectory, trajectory, I think I'm on. You know, I th- I think it's the right fight at the right time. You know, if if I am what I think I am, I'll be way too much on the night. It, you know what I mean? If I'm not, no problem. I've I've you know I've called it wrong, but I, I write myself very highly. And with four fights, I still have a lot of experience. You know, since I turned pro, I haven't had a week off. To be completely honest with you, and um, I think I went on holidays once. And that's it. Apart from that, I've been in the gym. I've ha- had all these high-level sparring camps. I've been sparring with Hergovic, sparring with Joshua twice, two full camps. Hergovic, Dillian White, you know, Lawrence Cody, two full camps before he was world champion. Uh, they're they're no Jamie Fallon, but... True, bro. They're, of course, they're absolutely. No <laughs> absolutely. But you know what I mean? Like, come here, this is where we're at. This is this is where I'm the person to call, you know, when you need top-class self-pot sparring. So... That in its, in its own right is worth a lot, you know. No, Jay, you can't you can't buy experience in this game, Jay. You've boxed at Madison Square no. Garden. You've gone the full eight rounds. You've won titles before. You've gone the full ten rounds. You've been involved in a high-ish profile fight with Nick Campbell, of course, as well. And Sky, how well do you feel you'll be able to use that experience, despite what Thomas is saying about the trajectory he feels he's on, despite him feeling that he'll be well too much for you on the night? How important do you think your experience will be in this fight? But- my, my experience isn't even as much as a partner around mine. It's life experience, you know. I've, I've been fighting since I was fucking born. I've had a I've had a crazy life, which you can read up about, you know. what I mean, but I've had to fight my whole life. I'm I'm the boy with nothing, you know. what I mean, that's why that's why a lot of people consider me like a people's champ type figure, the king of the misfits. You know, what I mean, I'm not a I'm not a nice polished boxer. I'm I'm rough. I'm tumble. I'm fucking. It's not. It's not about the experience I've had. Yes, the cameras don't phase me. The the crowd never phases me. I'm imagining it's going to be a rough Irish crowd, you know what I mean, uh, after Tommy. But, oh, my background's Irish, you know, I'll just get that in and out. I am Irish, you know what I mean? But, uh, um, Don't start that talk now. You're not Irish on May okay. 20th. Maybe the day before and the day after, but no, not no, on no, May no. 20th. I ah, know you'd be I'm well a, received, bro. You'd be well received. Don't worry, I'm, you'd be I'm, well I'm received. Fucking, I'm king of the Celts, May 20th, me, mate. <laughs> my Celtic flag. <laughs> <laughs> How how seriously does Tommy need to take you, Jay, in this fight? How motivated are you for this one, mate? I think he should not take me serious at all. I don't think he should train. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he should take me serious at all. I don't take me seriously apart from this camp. I have. He's saying he's never been out of the gym since since he's turned pro. You know, he's only had one week off. You know, I, I've I've only ever had three weeks on, and it's the past three weeks since I found out about this fight. This is a uh, that's his last chance to learn for me. You know, I've been on every major platform you can be on. Just because I'm loud, just because I'm a character, because I'm tough and I'm fan friendly. But but now now I want to be I want to be on these cards because I'm a good fighter and I believe I'm that good fighter. You know, I know I can fight. You know, it's one of them. It's no shagbone ass, but I can fight and I can box. I just never I never show it and I never turn up to these occasions and I need to turn up to this one. I need to show Tommy the respect he deserves as well. It's, um that that's gonna be that, that that you'll finally see Jay McFarlane. Do you know what, Tommy Boy, if you beat me here, then you'd be a good you be a good fighter because I rate myself well and I'm gonna train. I'm gonna train hard and give you the respect you deserve. I've never gave anybody the respect you deserve. I've never trained. I've always thought I fuck it, I'm tough, I'll take a few punches and then I'll land one. And and that ethos has served me terribly so far. Um but I'm taking this seriously now, you know. It's massive, massive. I hope platform. so, bro. I hope so. I'm, I'm glad you're yeah. high, You know what I mean? I hope so because this is this is no you know little club show in the back of the arts of some fucking leisure centre. This is serious, serious nah, boxing. You know what I mean? Nah, you know more. No, than, you know more. Than, you know more than I do. With your experience, this is fucking serious at this stage. You know what I mean? I uh, know, I know, I know, and I've realised that firsthand. I get beat off a fucking 
a big rugby dick just off the back of the Six Nations, you know what I mean? Yeah, I could be off of him because I turned up drunk, you know. Fuck, we'd have, I fought him injured. I gave everything I had in that camp, but I fought him injured. But turned up to Ultimate Boxer. I was drinking Buckfast before I went out and fucking, you know, I've not took this serious. I'm taking this serious. And I, I know I've said that, that. Everybody goes, oh, it's Mark 2. For me, it's about Mark fucking 12. You know what I mean? But, but let, let me ask you, bro. Yeah, see this. I, I actually always wanted to put this to someone and this is perfect. See this business of drinking and not trying about fights. Do you think that's a defense mechanism then to say that you're just not good enough if, if you were to try and that's a genuine question. That's a genuine question. Uh, I see a lot it's, of people say I didn't try and, but you're a professional fighter. You've every, you've every chance and every right to try. Why don't it's you? The, it, it's the, it, I, I've went through this. Actually, that question has been asked to me in my therapy sessions. No <laughs> word of a lie, mate. But the, the, the reason the reason that I've I've concluded is that I am I'm scared to put everything in and not get the get it done. Not get the rate of something that I feel I deserve because yeah. I'll resent it because I've put everything in, but I'm putting everything in now. I've got that in my head. My head's sorted. My head's fucking clear as mud up there. You know what I mean? I'm I'm, I'm ready to go now, man. I feel great. I, I cannot fucking wait for this. This, this is going to be one of the fights you could have four, five, six of them and it would it would not be, it would, it would not, not be entertaining. You know what I mean? This is going to be a, a, a great one with me and you. I can't wait for it, bro. Honestly, I can't wait for it. Same here, bro. Same here. Buzzing. Jay, Thank you, thing, because, uh, wait, what, sorry, what I will say is that the fight was offered out to it, an awful lot of people forced, that's what I will say, I'm not going to go saying names, but thank you for accepting, because yeah, a lot of people give it the big one, and the big I am, but not too many people step up, do you know what I mean? So fair play, bro. No, but well, fuck, fuck you, you, you know yourself, mate, I messaged you when they offered me, because I was assuming they're offering it to a lot of people, because it's a big show, uh, and I was assuming they're offering it, so I messaged you just to cement it to make sure I can get that fight. Of course, bro. Dude, come here. The way that Dillian White manages me, I don't really have much involvement. They say, how about this guy? I say yes. I'm yet to say no to anybody. Do you know what I mean? So I'm glad we could get a sword on the other side. You know what I mean? My side is always sword. I'm ready to go. Like I said, if, if I am what I think I am, I, I, heard, I, I don't I say no to anybody. I heard Gary Sweeney shot a brick. I don't know, bro. If you've seen, you seen Twitter a couple of weeks leading up to the fight and then when it comes down to actually signing you know what I mean it's a different story you know what I mean? it, to be honest uh, the Irish title is the one I wanted but the Celtic title will do you know what I mean uh, yeah, the Celtic title man it sounds good I'm going to put it up in my shop when I beat you man <laughs> I'm going to have a hanging up in the shop I already have a trophy case yeah. getting made bro a, tra- a belt cabinet yeah. getting made already do you think I'm I should keep you. the receipt? <laughs> should, I, should I keep the receipt? <laughs> keep the receipt, mate. Keep the receipt. Now, <laughs> in all seriousness, I'm confident myself. You're confident myself. We're both going to stand there and trade with each other as well. It's not going to be a, a cagey fight for the first bell to the last. You know what that is? Uh, of course. What a fight this is going to be, man. Jay, just, just quickly, Jay, just quickly. It's one thing uh, yeah, you're about being motivated, which is obviously very important. But you've only just won, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Is the yeah. self belief there as well where it needs to be that this is a fight you can you can win? You're going into this fight fully confident you can beat Thomas Carty? No, 100%. I go into every fight believing I can win. But this time it's not loaded. This, this time I've got a clear head. I'm doing it properly. I'm training. If Thomas Carter beats me, he's beat a good fighter because I'm coming in all guns blazing and I'm coming in fit and I'm coming in strong and, and I'll come in with the right headspace. I'm, I, so if, if a big man wins, fair play to you. I'll shake your hand after and we'll go for a drink. 
But I fully, fully, one hundred percent believe I'm going to win. Have you Have you thought about how life can change for you, Jay, if you win this fight? If If you win well, a fight it, on a matching well, card that, against a good prospect in Ireland, win a title will be huge, right? Yep, that's it as well, mate. See, I've I've had to borrow money off my girlfriend to pay my rent, mate. That's the position I'm in. This is life changing for me. Do something about it. This This is This is like ridiculous life changing for me. You know what? What this fight and what comes after it and. Uh, you know, I, I'm nothing. I come from nothing. I, I'm nothing. You know what I mean? But but I could be something here. This is my chance to be something. For you, for you, Tommy. Then I guess as the home fighter, the one who's touted as being a, a future star of, of heavyweight boxing, certainly out of Ireland. Do you, accept, do you accept maybe the pressure's on you in this fight? And I, I guess defeat is unthinkable for you at this stage. Yeah, to be completely honest with you, I respect what Jay says. There, he comes from nothing. I come from nothing as well, you know. And I fought fights in. I've taken every fight as if it's me last. You know what I mean? I've uh, there's been pressure on every single fight because as far as I'm concerned, I get beat. I'm done. That's that's the way I see it. So I've taken every fight as serious as this one. This one I'm taking even more serious again, and I never will not Ooh. take a fight seriously. Do you know what I mean? Because like Jay said, I come from nothing. It's the be all or end all for me. You know what I mean? Ooh. If I want to do what I want to do in the future, I need to win all these fights, and there's absolutely no doubt, no question about it. I can't have a loss. Can't see you're it. Gonna, you're gonna I, have I ten can... rounds, Tom. You're gonna have ten rounds to get the job done on on May twentieth, Thomas Carty. How do you do? You visualize yourself winning this fight? Does it go ten rounds? Just tell Jay how you think you beat him. I've thought about it a lot. To be honest, I've thought about it a lot. How do I see the fight going? And um, as I said, Jay's an experienced cat. Like anything he brings to the table, I think I just bring more. So uh, whatever way it's gonna go, whether it stops early or whether it stops middle rounds, late rounds, goes to a decision. You know what I mean? I think I have enough there to. The Trump J in every department, but uh, it is, it's by no joke. I like, I'm not taking it as a joke, it's going to be a serious, serious fight. Can you bring him into deep waters in this fight, Jay? How, how do you visualize yourself winning this fight on May 20th? Uh, you know, I, I, I'll drag him into deep waters until the bubble stop, and that's for us both. That's not just for you, man. I, I, I love a dog fight, I love being there, and because I know I'm tough on everybody else, I know I've got more heart than everybody else, so no stop me. You'll need to pin me down to stop me because I'll keep coming and I'll keep coming. And it gets to the later rounds and I'm breathing down your neck. Well, fuck, this boy can fight. Regardless if you've beat me the whole time, you could punch me part of post for eight rounds and they last two when I'm there breathing down your neck. You'll start to shit yourself then and you'll know this boy can fucking fight. This boy is an animal, you know? I hope so, bro. Uh, I hope so. Anyone, right. anyone I've spied, I'm going to put this out there. I'm probably the fittest heavyweight around. I just just hope you know that. Oh, yeah. You know no, I, mean? I know that. I know that. I'm fully aware, man. I'm fully yeah, aware. I'm I can punch like fuck as well, but I don't rely on it, you know what I mean? Do you boys have a final message? Perhaps a good luck message for training camp before you come face-to-face in fight week? All the best, best, mate. All the best. Let's best fucking of luck, do bro. that, sir. I hope I'll go as well. Best of luck, yeah. I see there's, a, there's an MMA event on in the tree arena next week and there's a load of fucking fights falling apart The fellas getting injured. So best of luck and hope you don't get injured around and we get this fight on. You better. See if you get injured in this one in April, I will be gutted, mate. I don't know how I'm no. going to pay my rent in, mate. Send me the bill. Uh, if, that, if you get injured, then pull out your pay my rent and maybe. We'll, no problem. We'll virtu- I'll shake on that. Virtu- virtually safe on that, mate. <laughs> I, I'll, sh- I'll shake on that one. Great stuff, boys. Two of boxing's good guys. The Celtic heavyweight title on the line, May 20th, live on the zone. Thomas Carty, Jay McFarlane. Boys, thanks for joining us. We look forward to Cheers, the build. Boys. We look forward to that first oh, bell ringing as well. When, uh, thank you, lads. Off. Have a good day. Yeah, see you later. Cheers, boys. Well, Scott, good to uh, good to catch up with you on Zoom this time. We're we're across the pond from each other. I've just flown back from America, having spent three days in camp 
with Katie Taylor, I'm knackered, mate. I thought you were going to give me the week off this week. Mate, you should have flown over to, to where we are in San Antonio. Do you know what? I probably would have, but it's Easter. Oh, and what day off is it? <laughs> I've also, um, it was my birthday um, while I was filming with Katie on the Monday. And my friends are taking me out on Friday, so I couldn't exactly miss my own uh, my own birthday celebrations. That's why I'm not I'm not over there. But Kate was good; she was on good form. It's uh, you been over to, have you been to Connecticut? You've been over there. I've been there once, but more importantly, did she get you a birthday present? She didn't actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, off. Team Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Future um, as always. <laughs> of course, she was. Uh, no, she was good. She was in good spirits, training hard, as always. Um, I had a good chat with her, really, because it's very quiet. You know, the life she lives out there is very quiet. She has, you know, the, the smallest of facilities available to her. And she says that's all she needs. You know, she needs a small little boxing gym with a ring in it, a pair of gloves, a heavy bag. And, and that's all she needs to get ready for a fight. And I think that makes her a bit of a throwback fighter in a lot of ways. Definitely, and look, the proof's in the pudding. It's worked up to now, right? She's been tucked away out there for all of her pro career, so it, it certainly works for her. And I think, I think she kind of likes that that quiet lifestyle, so to speak. And it really does allow her to focus on her craft and uh, improve day in day out. Definitely, we got some nice stuff of her. Would you believe Katie Taylor actually has a little outhouse behind her own house? She's got loads of pictures of athletes in there of Roy Keane she's got a dartboard she's got a pool table and a karaoke machine and I I uh, I said to her I was like Katie when you're when you're like singing and you're having a bit of fun what song do you sing she was like I sing simply the best and I tried to get her to do it on camera but she uh, she wasn't having it yeah I can't imagine even hearing that or seeing that <laughs> maybe one a second film of Katie maybe that's one they'll put in that <laughs> Maybe, but that was obviously all for the the Make the Days Count build-up documentary. We've got plans in place to go and film with Chantel Cameron, Jamie Moore, Nigel Travis and the team very soon. So that'll be coming out in the build-up to May 20th, of course, Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron. But we are just coming off a big fight week. AJ got the job done. It did go the 12-round distance, which I think not a lot of us necessarily predicted. Do you think now we can sort of look back on it? I know at the time everyone was a bit like, oh, is that what AJ needed? But I think in the same breath, the win was probably the most important part, right? Yeah, definitely. And also, are we just overlooking how tough Jermaine Franklin is? He can fight yeah. as well. He can yeah, fight. We, we were sitting here last week saying, look, we both overlooked the Dillian White fight. Actually, maybe he's just very, very, very tough. He's got a granite yeah. chin. So he took some solid shots. You know, he come in in a career best sort of frame, if you want to sort of call it that. So, look, fair play to him as well. But I'm sure Derek James... Whilst on, on one side, he probably wanted the knockout, probably the, the 12 rounds actually will will do them better in the long run. So I think uh, they're looking at, what, a week or two off camp and then getting straight back to it in uh, in, in Dallas. So uh, excited to see what happens. And I guess from, from what it sounds like, we'll probably know sooner rather than later the next move for that. Would you think it's going to be big Dillian White? Obviously, he was... he was calling the fight, or was he? Was he, he was definitely ringside. He was in the arena. He did say he wasn't very impressed with Anthony Joshua's performance, but do you think that's the logical fight? Do you want to see that fight? I think I want to see that fight. I think it'd be, it'd be fun, won't it? Look, the winner would then certainly catapult themselves back into uh, world title contention. There's obviously a lot going on with mandatories. We've seen, you know, Dubois' name being linked with Usyk. I think Filip Hergovic has just installed a new management team and new lawyer trying to get prepared for his mandatory shot at the IBF. So if you want to put your name back into contention, you're going to even need to 
lock it in through uh, you know a, a mandatory shot or or fight someone else of substance to really catapult back in. So yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. You know, the first one was fun while it lasted. The build up would be great. It's obviously a narrative that goes back further than that as well. I think there's other names in the frame as well, you know. I think people are harsh on AJ, to be honest. I mean, you've got the critics who are saying, oh, he looks like he doesn't want to be in there. He still looks gun-shy. He's still throwing single shots. But I think these are probably the same people. And I think that's what Eddie said as well in in our post-fight interview. It was like the people who are criticising AJ for, for those things I just mentioned are also the also the people that would have ridiculed him if he'd have lost. Yeah, so it's, it's difficult for him to, to please everyone, isn't it? Look, fair play to him. He hasn't won a fight since Pulev, right? And that was, what, two and a bit years ago? Yeah, yeah, just to get that that feeling, that mentality shift back, I think would be good for him. And look, let's not forget he's lost twice to Alexander Usyk, who is, or he could go down as one of the best ever. And I was Devo because I was doing the before the bell live interviews again, and I ended up doing none because the whole thing overran. So there was a lot of problems. Yeah, it's probably worth talking about that. I, I guess some fans might not be aware of of what was going on uh, and what can can happen on a fight night. So the Blackwall Tunnel was was closed on the Saturday. Um, which resulted in a knock-on effect for a lot of fighters arriving at the venue. A good example, Kane Baker, I think, turned up an hour and 10 minutes before his fight with Jordan Flynn, and he turned up at the arena fully wrapped with his shorts on, ready to go. So, you know, it's not always plain sailing, as you see on TV. There is stuff behind the scenes and things like traffic. and Yeah, as I say, uh, more importantly, I didn't get to do my interviews at the O2, never mind anything else. Sorry, mate. But, um... <laughs> um, in other news, though, mate, you are... Stateside, as we said at the start, San Antonio fight week. Saw pictures of the face-off a little bit earlier on in the week. Bam Rodriguez, have you have you seen Bam yet? Yeah, I had a chat with Bam yesterday. Um, I was doing a bit of your job, mate, to be fair. What I used to do back in the day and in interviewing the guys at, at Media Day. But Oh, Bam... I know your game. I know your game. This is why I've flown back to London. You're still in my job, mate. Don't worry, mate. I'm, I'm retired from the mic, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, Bam, Bam looks very composed. Looks, uh, looks good, looks strong, looks healthy. Um, after moving back down in weight and, and very, very focused, I think. You know, there's a lot of other names flying around in this division and names put to him, notably Sonny Edwards and Martinez, but he's made it clear that we can talk about that on, on Saturday night come 11pm, but now I've got a job to do. I've got a belt to win. I think that's that's something that's been overlooked a little bit. You know, arguably, he's, he's a sort of a challenger, really. It's a vacant belt. It's not defending something. He's out to win something. So, you know, he, he's very, very focused on the job at hand. I think it would be an interesting fight, but I do expect Bam to to shine here and look good doing so. Uh, yeah, Bam Rodriguez, certainly one to watch out for and certainly one to watch this weekend live on Design. Another man who's been throwing his weight around a little bit, not afraid to to speak his mind, very sure of himself, an exciting young talent, Raymond Ford. Did you instigate that message down the lens to the featherweight division? Mate, I didn't. I know there is some content that we often set up, so to speak, that was 100% organic from the Savage himself. Um, and it was very noticeable. I remember speaking to him um, on his pro debut, actually, and he was you know, he was very quiet, but he certainly matured a lot in the last three or four years. Obviously, a father now as well. But the way he speaks, you know, there's a lot of conviction behind what he's saying. You, know, you really do believe it. So he's maturing not only in the ring, but also out of the ring. And it was fascinating to hear some of his stories about this training camp, you know, sparring the likes of um, Keyshawn Davis and Shakur. But not only that, he's had people like Bud Crawford doing his corner for for one or two spars as well. So all this experience he's soaking up is, is going to be invaluable. And look, he's made it clear he, he wants to move up in weight sooner rather than later. He put out a tweet at the start of the week saying words to the effect of, I don't like this fight week shit, I'm just here to fight. 
did speak to him about that yesterday and he's you know he's admitted the weight is slowly becoming a bit of an issue you know he's naturally getting bigger as a man he's 22 years of age now his man strength's really coming on so he has put a, a limited time cap on fighting at featherweight so he wants to be fast-tracked to a world title and this is a great fight to do that Jesse Magnaledo, former world champion himself, only one defeat is relevant. He's not washed up. He's not over the hill. This guy's coming to win. If Raymond Ford wins this, it puts him bang in line for a shot, maybe against the winner of Wooden Lara in uh, in in May. Mate, are you on the top table this week? Are you done your you've done your research? Mate, well, it's seven forty a.m. I've I've been up since half four. Went out for a nice stroll, taking the air. I'm I'm feeling energized for today. I'm looking forward to it. Reeling off the tongue, gift of the Gab Hamilton, we're going to call him. You know what? I'm genuinely, I'm really up for this card. I think it's a really good card. Look, there's another big card on Top Ranker doing this weekend, so people may tune into that. But I really do feel that this card we, we've got on's got a bit of everything, so I'm excited. Well, you mentioned the the boys at one two six. I know Ray's not not really asked about who he fights as long as they've got a belt, whether that's Michael Conlon, Lopez, Warrington, Wood, etc. Lara, of course, that the list goes on. But we did announce the rematch. There was a little bit of questions as to what would happen in that triangle. If you like, Josh Warrington was obviously very keen to secure his trilogy fight with Mauricio Lara after all the shenanigans after he beat Lee Wood. But it is the rematch with Lee Wood and it's a fight that Lee wanted more than anything. Can you see why he wanted to jump straight back into this rematch? For sure. I mean, look, up till the knockout, he was he was boxing well, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Also, when you think about it, you know, he's got this rematch clause. If he didn't take it, you know, what, what's the plan after that? So the rematch clause was inserted for a reason. So, you know, Lee's activated it and he'll be confident that they can go away and make adjustments and carry on the work up to the knockout and and hopefully try and, and navigate through to, to this world rounds. I say hopefully. Obviously, I would like to see Lee win, but we do represent Lara as well. And uh, he's a very nice bloke. You know, it's obviously a language barrier, but Jamie, you know, you, you'll back me up here. He goes out of his way to to sort of feel part of the team. He's a nice bloke, Mauricio. Scary, but nice. And again, uh, I think Eddie said it in an IFL interview, like AJ actually caught him, caught his eye in the, the matchroom office at the O2 and went straight over. And I think he said, oh, you're trouble you are or something to <laughs> Lara. And, and, and uh, around, uh, around with a like, brand spanking new Gucci t-shirt. He's uh, got a Rolex on. So obviously the checks, uh, the checks come in from the win and, and fair play to him. Still calls me Harry Potter. He was, doing, he was doing all sorts of wand movements at me on Saturday night. That was the first thing he said to you, wasn't it? I saw you embrace as you was walking down the corridor. He went, ah, hurry. It's hard not to love him, but I would say, you know, and Lee will be the first man to admit this. He's got to win. It's a must-win fight. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the landscape of the division as well, you know, I, I kind of get the impression a lot of these guys are, are wanting to jump in with each other next. If, if, Mark Conlon wins and we hope he does, you know, and Lee wins. Imagine seeing a rematch for unified titles this time. Great division. A great division at the moment. Yeah, it doesn't feel that far-fetched either, to be fair. So uh, excited and also a bit of an interesting little subplot to the featherweight division. We have Kiko Martinez fighting this Saturday in Japan for a final eliminator to become mandatory challenger for the winner of Lopez and Warrington. Uh, sorry, Conlon. So you could never write off Kiko, can you? Benjamin Button. Kiko's a legend, proper legend. Incredible. And if he wins, he's in line for another world title shot. And that fight is now live on the zone in Spain. So all of our three listeners from Spain, I'm sure, will be delighted to hear that. Well, we've had some good guests on Flash Knockdown so far throughout our 
two and a, a bit series, but I think this might be one of my personal favourites. What an honour to welcome Big John. Big John, welcome to the show. First of all, I just guess for you, when you think about COVID and, and what life was like for you selling meat out the back of a van, I believe, with your young son, Johnny Fisher, who is now a heavyweight boxer, and you're now a global superstar. I guess uh, things have changed a little bit, haven't they? Listen, um, we're still we're still the same people. And Johnny's looking at me as I'm talking there. He's holding his eyes. Um, we, we went through a lot of hardships during uh, COVID, the same as a lot of people did. You know, financially, uh, mentally, everything. You know, it was a bad, bad time. But I say I wouldn't want to go through it again. But I'm glad that we went through it. We pulled together as a family, and thankfully now things are things are looking up in a better place. So, but everything's always sent to try us, you know. So these things are sent, and we overcome it, and we're here now, punching again. Well, John, how busy is your life at the moment? Because I know you're you're a very big part of Johnny's ticket sales, of course, and that's no easy feat considering he does a good few thousand for every show. But you're around the country, aren't you, at the moment, doing all sorts of appearances? What have you been up to this week? Yeah, last night I was in Windsor. That was very good. Tonight I'm in Maidstone. Um, tomorrow, uh, Saturday, I'm in Trowbridge in Somerset. Um, and then next week, hopefully, I've got a little few days off. So I'm trying to book an holiday with Charlotte and Hetty. Um, but yeah, it's been yeah, it's been manic. But Jamie, as I say, I'm not moaning because we've had times where you've been quiet and you're looking for work. So I never moan when it's busy. And uh, the busier, the busier, the better. So. Um, Long Matt, continue. Absolutely. I know your family well, John. I've been around a few times to the house in Bromford and filmed a few nice bits of content. You're a great family, very humble people. But I've got to ask you, Charlotte, your wife, how does she feel about you cutting yep. around nightclubs, throwing uh, prawn crackers at people? Uh, well, she's standing in there. She'll be smiling, but trust me, I've had a few, uh, what are you doing with that girl? What are you doing with that lady? <laughs> it's all, it's all uh, tongue-in-cheek and it's all innocent, you know? Um, when I go to these nightclubs, the the girls there are like could be my daughter's age, you know. So it's all uh, it's all innocent and it's all a bit of fun. So I think she knows that, but she does have her moments, Jamie. So um, no comment on on some of it. <laughs> Good stuff. I think that's why you got to plan the holiday, haven't you? I keep her sweet. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Because she says, "Oh, you go here, you go there," and, and I do. I go all over the place, and I'm and I'm lucky. But it's a it's a bit of hard work as well. Do you know what I mean? It's not all fun. It's not all fun. There's a bit of hard work in there as well. So, uh, but she does deserve, and Hetty, they do deserve a little break away. So, uh, hopefully, we're going to get one sorted. Absolutely, lovely family. Let's. Uh, it's been a busy week in boxing, as it always is. There's always new things to talk about. I'm going to throw over to producer Scott, who's got a few shouts. I think from the fans, questions sent in for you, Big John. So, Scott, do you want to just open the floor on this one, mate? Yeah, thanks, Jamie. We've got a couple of different topics to discuss this week, and the first one is hotly discussed following our big show last week at the O2. A lot of people saying the best thing to happen in boxing last week was Anthony Joshua bouncing back with a win against Jermaine Franklin, Jamie. Well, it was an interesting one, John, heading into that fight. I think there was a lot of pressure on Anthony Joshua, as there always is. You know, it seemed like a win wasn't going to be enough for him. He had to win spectacularly and win by knockout. What did you make of the fight? And, and in answer to that question, how happy were you to see AJ back on, on winning terms? Listen, it's always good to see AJ back. Um, you know, he's done a lot for British boxing and he'll continue to do a lot for British boxing. And, and I've met him once and he was a really nice man to me, you know, and uh, I'll, be, I'll be grateful for him for that. But listen, talking boxing, 
he would have wanted to knock out. Uh, the fans would have wanted to knock out. But Franklin is a decent opponent. I must admit, when when they said he was fighting Franklin, I was a little bit surprised because he's quite tricky. He's durable. Uh, probably lacks um, a KO punch. But I thought it was a very hard fight for his comeback fight. And AJ, let's be truthful, he dominated the fight. There was no question that he was the winner. So that one's out of the way now. Hopefully he can move on and uh, a few more big fights around the corner for him. Yeah, totally agree. Frank, Franklin uh, certainly proven his worth that he can hang it with the big boys. Scott, what's our, uh, what's our next shout, mate? Uh, same show, but Rob Hughes says the best thing to happen in boxing last week was another win for Fabio Wardley. He's one of the most exciting fighters in Britain. Well, I think the weekend was a big box tick for Fab. You know, he walked out chief support. It's not been long since he was on the white collar shows, really. And to walk out in front of 17,000, I thought he held his composure really well last weekend. You know Fabio well, John. Obviously, he's done a lot of rounds with Johnny as well. What, what, what excites you about Fabio at the moment? Because there's a lot of exciting fights from at British level right now. Listen, with Fabio, um, I think all, he always comes good on fight night. You're always going to get... I think he's just got that, that aura about him. No matter what's happened in camp, no matter how training's gone, when fight night comes along, he's he's always going to, uh, you know, going to show up and do the business. And he, he's a really nice man as well. It's a pleasure to know him. Pleasure to know him and Rob. They train a lot with Johnny. I mean, Johnny and Fabio have pushed each other a hell of a lot. Inspiring. I've been privileged enough to see a lot of it and people would pay money to watch it, trust me. Um, but I wish Fabio all the success and I think he is. All these people calling him out. For me, I think the only one that probably gives him a bit of trouble would be Fraser Clark in a couple of fights time, but I still think Fabio is the man to beat and I think he's got everything in his locker to not only beat these ones around him, but push on and, and do well at world level as well. No, 100% agree. I think it is a little, it's a little four-way sort of cube opening up of these British fighters with the likes of David Adelaide, Sol Dakers, uh, Big Fab and Fraser as well. So we await any news on those fights, but... Uh, until then, hammer time. What's uh, what's next on the list? Crossing over the pond this time. So a couple of people said the best thing to happen in boxing last week was Lomachenko and Devin Haney finalising their fight for later this uh, summer. Well, that's a great fight. What I do want to ask you, John, as as the boxing man you are, I think I say this all the time on the podcast, and it is almost you know it gets a little bit repetitive. But the most common gripe is always that the best don't fight the best often enough. Do you think fights like this, you know, people need to take a leaf out of this book, I suppose, when you also look at the fight with with Tank and Ryan Garcia? You know, we were so disappointed we didn't have the, the Tyson Fury-Usyk fight manifesting, but do you feel like we need to see these big fights now happening more often for the benefit of the sport? Well, listen, we all know boxing's going through a bit of a, you know, there's a few bad stories coming out. Like in any sport, it happens. But with any sport, you need you need the top fighters to fight each other. Uh, you know, you wouldn't get Liverpool, Manchester United not playing each other week in, week out, would you? You know, so we want to see the best fight the best. And this Lomachenko fight is certainly one of those. I'll just, you know, as a boxing fan, you can understand there's a lot of politics in boxing. There's different promoters. Uh, fighters don't want to give anything away. But surely, if you're a top-level fighter and you're financially secure, then obviously your legacy comes into it and you want to go down as one of the best or at least to have fought the best. So I just hope, you know, I hope that going forward, more of these top fights are made because as fans, we need to see it and uh, and we, we want to see it. Totally agree. Do we have one final question this week, Scott? 
Yeah, a little bit left field, but as it's on the same broadcast platform, I'm uh, inclined to slip it in. So Jimmy1994 says, the best thing to happen in boxing last week was KSI facing off against Joe Fournier. Well, Jimmy, 1994, I hope I've remembered that correctly. I'm glad you asked this, actually. I think the Misfits stuff is pretty polarising, isn't it? It's, it's pretty Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. What's your opinion on it all, John? And I guess, uh, can we see you on a card one day? Never say never. Well, first of all, in, in answer to your first question, Marmite, you either love it or hate it. I agree with you on that fact with a lot of people. I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle because I do see a lot of these people and they are dedicating themselves and they're working hard. So fair play to them if anyone does that. But they're also ones that are not dedicating themselves and working hard and it's only going to lead to someone getting hurt. So I think it just needs to be looked after a bit better and, and be a bit more professional in that respect. And as regards to me being on a Misfits card, never. I wouldn't disrespect, disrespect boxing enough to uh, put myself in the ring. I used to box as an amateur when I was a young man. But um, the only thing you'll see me boxing now are kippers getting ready to eat. So... Uh, Get that idea out of your head. I think you'd bring some numbers in, though, John. I'd bring the numbers in, but um, I just I wouldn't want to disrespect the sport because I wouldn't be able to dedicate myself enough to it. I wouldn't be able to do it justice, and I love boxing too much to uh, to do that to the sport. So I'll leave it to the others that want to do it. I'll be happy. I'll be happy commentating on it and uh, watching from out of ropes, but not inside. Good man. Uh, just final one. For me, uh, big man, I guess we, when we look at the boys have all been away, I think they normally go away, don't they, after Johnny's fight? I think they've been causing a bit of havoc in, in Mexico, haven't they, as they normally do. But what yep. do you want to see Johnny do this year? What's the plan, in your opinion? Well, listen, Johnny had his first eight-round fight. It's a tough fight against Damiani, a tough man. Um, he done well. I thought he boxed well, showed signs of the jab that he's got. His jab is a good weapon for Johnny. Needs to show it a bit more, you know, if you're being critical. Needs to use it more. But just take each fight as it comes. I know it's a cliche. And then by the end of the year, perhaps ready for Southern Area title or English title if it's there. Um, listen, Johnny, we're expecting big things from Johnny, but he's got to build at the right pace and build at the right time. He's got everything that you need. But if you rush it and go too quick, you can quite easily fall off the bike. So um, just keep on that bike. Just keep pedalling slowly and surely and each fight being a small step up each time, which is what's been happening. You know, people get a bit uh, impatient. Um, but Johnny's got to do what's best for Johnny because he wants to be boxing in five, ten years' time, not just five, ten months' time. So uh, we're, we're aiming to get to the top, but you get to the top in the right way. Great stuff. We're all very much behind Johnny on this journey. We've got big plans content-wise with the pair yeah. of you uh, to head over to Ludwig and hopefully the plan. Looking uh, forward to that. A couple of German sausages. <laughs> for those who don't know, it's a town in Germany that is twinned with Romford, so... I think it only makes it's actually sense. twinned with Havering, isn't it? It's twinned with Havering, the borough. I think oh, is, the, it? is it Romford or is it Romford? I'm sure it says Romford. So you'd have to check that out, Jamie. Romford. Well, yeah. Is it? It must be Romford, yeah. It must be Romford. Romford Market Town. Yeah, Charlotte's corrected me. See, that's what we need our wives for. See? <laughs> so, um, but listen, that'll be a great trip because uh, obviously, even as a schoolboy, we used to do projects with German... Uh, School, you know, school children. We used to do projects backwards and forwards when that uh, alliance was made. So it'd be great to get over there and try some of the food and see what the place is like. Absolutely. Big John, I look forward to having a beer with you in Germany very soon. I look forward to catching up soon. We're all behind Johnny on this journey. He's certainly got the right people around him. And thanks for your time. Good luck on your, your PR appearances this week. And I hope you have a lovely break with the family. And uh, we'll catch up very lovely. soon, mate. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much, chaps. And have a good Easter weekend.
Talk man, John. Goodbye. Bosh. Well, there's some people in this sport I feel like I can't get away from, and one of them is Darren Barker. We have him back on the show. We had him when we did Dance Partners. He was in the inaugural episode of Flash Knockdown. Darren, how are you, mate? Very well, thank you. If I come on one more time, do I get like a hat-trick glove? We're working on something, Soccer AM style. Am I the most? Am I the most popular guest on it? Not mo- not most popular. Am I the most appearance wise? I think yeah. someone else has got two as well, Jay. Uh, who's been on a couple of times? You're up there. You're definitely up there. I'll take it as a compliment, mate. If I were you, first to do the free, all right? Well, you're out in San Antonio this week, not for a jolly up. You're there in your new role that you've adopted, sort of over the last couple of years. For those who really don't know, what can you tell us and and why is this new role that you have adopted alongside Mr. Joe Calzaghi? An exciting one for you, Darren. Well, we just really enjoy making tea and delivering it. So we thought we'd make uh, a <laughs> tremendous duo as the, the best, most successful tea boys in uh, boxing. Now, we uh, look, I think me and Joe, I, I'm very fortunate to be ringside each, you know, each show, each matchroom show, commentating on the sport that I love. Um, you know, this is this has been my life since a kid. But me and Joe both miss the 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 buzz, the journey uh, of being a fighter. And I think the next best thing is is managing fighters. And um, yeah, we we are buzzing. I mean, look, it's uh, it's a small group of fighters that we're after. We we don't want it to be a massive stable. We want to keep it quite intimate and. Uh, with people that we enjoy working with. And Jesus, the reason I am in San Antonio right now, Jesus Martinez, who's fighting Saturday, he's certainly one of those. He's a top bloke. His family are, are lovely. Um, and, yeah, I'm uh, I'm enjoying the buzz. But I'm here so... Well, I'm actually with my son, Charlie, but Joe is busy at home. So, yeah, I'm here on my own. How much of that comes into it, Darren, when you're picking these fights? I know you work with Jordan Reynolds who's also a very nice kid, but how com- how much comes into it of like the whole package? So you're not just signing someone who's got potential and who can fight and has got talent, but also someone, like you say, who, who you want to help. Uh, in in all fairness, I mean, it's probably more important that they're good people as opposed to their, their level. Because look, I understand how professional boxing works and, not everybody's going to win a world title. You know, somebody's ceiling might be a Southern area. Somebody's ceiling might be a British. Somebody's ceiling might be fighting at the O2. You know, um, it's about working with people with different goals and aspirations. But ultimately, like I just said there, they've got to be good people. They've got to share the same morals and have the same sort of respect that myself and Joe have towards the sport and, and themselves and their families. And yeah, Jesus and Jordan... To, to name two are two two examples. They're they're good people, and I love working for them. And nothing gives me more, you know. Well, I get a real buzz from ringing them up and saying, "I've got you a date. I've got you, uh, you know, an opportunity on such and such show." And uh, yeah, it is that that's that for me is a buzz. And when they win, that is uh, as close as it can get for me aside from boxing myself. Just talk to us a little bit, Darren, about your young protege who's on the card in Texas this weekend, Jesus Martinez. He's been through some difficult moments in his uh, in his young professional career so far, but what do you feel 
he'll have learned from those moments and, and what sort of potential do you think we're working with here? Look, well, I'll start at the end there. The potential is is endless. I remember speaking to Jesus. For those who don't know the story, when me and Joe decided to manage some fighters, the next day uh, a, uh, a big knockout flashed up on my phone. It was Jesus and the amateurs knocking this guy out in the national finals or something. And I thought I'd just send him a message. I sent him a message and the rest is history. But he, look, he's... Um, He's got all the talent in his in 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 the world. He really has. I mean, his amateur record stands alone. I mean, numerous national titles. I think his record was 100 and odd fights. He only lost seven or something. It's incredible. Um, but you got to remember, he was he turned, he's had his first three fights as a 17 year old. He's now 18. And I when I first spoke to him, I said to him, "Why are you why are you um you know why are you not holding out for the Olympics and why are you turning pro now?" He said. I have no aspirations of being an Olympian or staying amateur. I want to be a multi-weight world champion. Whether you sign me or not, I'm going to turn professional. So, um, I, you know, what could, you know, what could I do? So I thought, right, I want to work with this kid. I like his his ambitions. Um, I like him as a as a bloke. I like the family. And, it, and that, look, I, I think the first two fights, he he come into the pros very young 17 year old but he had this reputation of being a big puncher and i think he was just looking to knock out his opponents a little bit too much but in his third contest he sort of took a step back he was relaxed and and the knockout the finish come and i think that would be similar in this fight he's got a tough tough opponent in lopez who's on a good run of form beating some of robert garcia's boys uh i think two of the last three he's a danger man he really is tough but i do believe this kind of opponent will bring out the best of Jesus who won't have to go looking for, for Lopez he's he's tough he's um but he's there to be here and I think yeah I think we'll we'll see a good performance from Jesus you won't have to go looking for him well Darren we do move on to I don't want to say I stitch you up when I call you to come on these oh. programs but I guess we do a little bit do we Scott to be fair this is a bit of a stitch up for everyone so join the club Darren it's not a, it's not a personal attack yeah, no, I reckon it is as well. Bit, bit of both. But uh, for this, Darren, basically, it's the same as the Dance Partners one you did in season one. You get 30 seconds. Scott is going to throw some aliases at you. He's going to pull them out from underneath the alias apron. How terrible is that for an intro? Shocking. Uh, and you have to tell us the fighters' names, essentially, and you have to get as many as you can in 30 seconds. Same rules apply. Terms and conditions, the winner will get a donation to a charity of their choice. So, Scott, are you going to start the clock from your end and, and just start firing these names out? If I say path, bang, on to the next one, yeah? Correct, yeah. Right, okay. But, yeah, okay, yeah. How many you got there? That's what I was about to say. I'm limited on numbers here. I've got 14. Okay, three, two, one, go. Cool hand. Luke Campbell. Correct. Nordic Nightmare. Uh, oh, uh, no, it's not uh, Mikhail Kezer, is it? Patrick Nilsson? A uh, pass. Volcano. Oh, no, but don't pass. The Defector Girl. Who? <laughs> Defector DJ, Girl. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> don't know. The Real Deal. Holyfield. Practitioner of Artistic Violence. Jordan Thompson. Thunder. Jordan Smith. That's time. Darren Barker scored... <gasps> scored 30 seconds. Scored 14. Four. <laughs> four. I think that's actually top of the league with Sky Nicholson. It is. He's definitely yeah. top of the league. Well done, Darren Barton. Just to go through some of the names there Nordic Nightmare, Robert Hellenius, Volcano, you did know them, Sparda, 
who you, who you boxed, oh, and the defector girl is Hyun Min Choi. Right. Okay. <laughs> Good I, effort. I should have got Sparta, shouldn't I? Yeah. Well, Bam Rodriguez headlines this weekend on the zone, and we thought, who better to give us some behind-the-scenes insight into Jesse's mindset and preparation for this fight than his older brother and world champion in his own right, Joshua Franco. Producer Scott caught up with the professor on the ground in San Antonio. Let's hear what Joshua had to say. Well, Joshua, great to see you here in San Antonio for fight week. Not your fight week, but uh, Bam's yeah. fight week. Just tell me how the emotions run for yourself during fight week for, for Bam. Uh, I get I get pretty anxious and nervous just because I'm, I'm not sure why I just do. I guess that's just like a natural thing. But yeah, I, I, I usually feel like anxious and nervous, you know, when it's fight week for my brother. And what about in comparison to when you fight? Do you, do you have them similar sort of emotions or is it? Uh, I wouldn't say um, they're, they're similar. They're, they're, they're still there, but not just as not as bad as as they are for my brothers. Yeah, I guess yeah. in a way you have your own destiny in your own hands, right? With yeah. Bam, you're, you're watching through the ropes and uh, waiting for him to do the business. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But um, even though I, I get anxious and I get nervous, I have confidence that, you know, he put the work in, he's focused and he's, he's ready to do what he came to do. I saw a great clip of you, um, it was yesterday, I was going back through our archive and I think it was from the Rungvisai fight. You, you was up on the on the ring after mm -hmm. the fight, um, fans all going crazy. Talk to us about what you guys are building here in San Antonio. It seems to be with each fight, mm -hmm. more people coming out. The yeah. name, the family name mm -hmm. is getting bigger and stronger. Is that fair to say? For sure. Um, I feel like we're, um, you know, both of us being world champions and bringing, you know, two belts home to, you know, back home. And, and, and I mean, it says a lot, you know, we're, we're that's already in itself, you know, building and, you know, hopefully we can continue to, to build more from there. I guess in a way you could you could have something really special here. You know, we saw uh, at the heavier weights sort of uh, twenty years ago or so the Klitschko brothers. Yeah. Why not the the Franco and, and Rodriguez mm -hmm. name could reign supreme at the, the lower weights for years to come. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that's that's something big to think about, and um, you know we're both on, on the on the on the good path, on the right path. So if we keep staying focused and keep going, you know, I mean, you never know what what could happen. You know, we, we could be, we could be that same that same duel. A very dominant force. Yeah, for sure. Just talk to us about your brother. Um, you're with him mm -hmm. up close and personal. Um, I think from the outside looking in, you know, he's got some of the attributes that stand out to me, the footwork, the speed, and the power. Mm -hmm. um, I was watching an interview with Shakur Stevenson uh, a couple of days ago, and I think mm -hmm. he said he sparred him a long time ago, just before he was training for the Olympics. And he said Bam's power then was very noticeable. How hard does he punch? Yeah, he, he, he punches very hard. Um, and he doesn't even try to punch hard. It's just that he's so, you know, fluid and his technique is really good that, you know, he just, it's pinpoint. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't have to throw it hard. He just has to be on the, on the right spot and you're going to feel it. I felt that from him a few times, you know, that we sparred. I've, I felt his power and without him even trying. <laughs> I bet some of those spars people would pay to watch. <laughs> they must be good spars. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets intense sometimes, but we know when to pick it up and when <laughs> right to back, back off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just talk to us about BAM's 2022. I mean, it was the real breakout year. Mm -hmm. um, we spoke to him earlier today and he said, you know, opportunity knocks. Mm -hmm. He was training for, I think it was an eight rounder and he got the call yeah. and he was ready to fight um, mm -hmm. Quadras. And, and from there, he's just gone from one level to the next. Mm -hmm. How does he go through and repeat and better that year he had last year, this year? Just doing what, he, what he's done in the past, stay focused, be hungry, be determined. You know, he, he, has, his, he has his mindset and goals set in front of him. so. I feel like if he stays on that right path, then 
he, he could do whatever whatever you know anything's possible the sky's the limit for sure for a, a current world champion he had quite an active year last year three mm -hmm. fights some world champions fight once a year twice a year but mm -hmm. three fights he, he crammed in maybe do you think he needed a, a bit of a break after that you know i guess you had back-to-back -back training camps yeah. so for all three right yeah for sure i think so um you know when training camps you put your body through so much you know a lot of sparring training conditioning training so i feel like my brother he didn't need that break and you know um, you know, I'm sure he's happy that he got it too. And we've alluded to the fact if he comes through Saturday night, there's mm -hmm. some monster fights out there. Obviously, Bam is very fixed on Saturday night and doesn't want to look too far into the future. Yeah. You, however, can have your say on who you would like to see Bam fight next. Mm -hmm. Who would you like to see him fight should he come through Gonzalez on Saturday? Um, whoever, whoever's out there, the best. I know, my, I know my brother wants to fight the best, but you know, whoever he matches up with, you know, I, I, I would like to see him fight. You know. That, that's yeah whoever it doesn't it doesn't matter i feel like my brother against anybody he's i'm confident that he's going to come out the victory always i was speaking to a colleague um might have been last weekend actually just before our fight in london uh, it was the day we signed sonny edwards mm -hmm. i said all four champions at the weight let's just do a tournament i don't know how you would draw out the seeds and who would fight who but mm -hmm. dakalam of the wba mm -hmm. um presumably your brother fingers crossed he comes through and then sonny edwards and martinez that would be some tournament wouldn't it to see yeah. who is the number one at flyweight do you think that's realistic <laughs> I, I think so um why not you know my brother he's gonna make the, um he's gonna be at 112 so i mean you know if all goes well with this fight he gets a title why not stay at that weight and just you know get some bigger fights in but i mean i think it's possible but i think that would just you know be up to whatever you know my brother decides but i mean that, that would be badass to see yeah yeah, be yeah. cool i'll uh, i'll take 10 percent of the uh <laughs> the earnings on that if, uh, if eddie decides to make a tournament now let's talk about yourself um new year's eve wasn't it was the fight yeah in um in japan uh, mm -hmm. didn't go your way i think you know many people felt that you you'd done enough on reflection how do you assess that night you must be somewhat disappointed yeah i mean uh, i feel like i did i, I did enough to put out the win you know, but I mean, we were, you know, over there in Japan and stuff. I had a little bit of ring rust too. Um, I feel like I could have done more. So, I mean, I'm, even though it was a draw, I'm, I'm not upset with the decision. You know, I feel like, even though I feel like I did pull it out at the end, I mean, what, I mean, the judges saw, saw it different, you know, so it, it is what it is and it's okay. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, the fight, the rematch has not officially been announced yet, but I not think it's official. been it's been rumored yeah. maybe June, July. Is there any mm -hmm. update you can give us on, on that? Yeah, it's scheduled for June 24th. I'm not sure if I'm able to say that yet, but that's what it's, that's when it's for, and back in Japan. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to run it back again. <laughs> and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the WBO belt's on the line this time, right? It's no. just your WBA yeah, belt. Yeah, he, he vacated his yeah. WBO belt. So. He had a pressing mandatory in um, Nakatani, I think. Right. Is that right? right? Um, does that somewhat put a dampener on it a little bit that you you know you can't unify in this fight, or is it just the way it goes? You know, boxing has a lot of politics, and it's just another yeah. sort of hole in the in the road, so to speak. Right. It just that's just the way it is. I mean, it happens. Right? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. happens. So I mean, what what can, you know what can you do? We're gonna we're still scheduled for another another exciting fight. So you know, let's give the fans another exciting fight. And let's take away the the actual fight. Did you enjoy your Japan experience? I've been there a couple of times. Yeah. It's a it's a great place, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I, I really like Japan. Uh, I even. I wanted to go back and you know st stay some time over there, but um, there's no place like home, you know. But um, but yeah, I, I really like Japan and it, w it was a great experience, and I can't wait to go back. And that tees me up nicely for my last question: no place like home. Surely the plan and the dream in the, the not so distant future is mm -hmm. a, a co-headline world title 
with both of you headlining. Yeah. Um, is that the dream? Have you spoke about that? Uh, we, we, we speak about it. Um, it's something to look forward to. It's something exciting. And um, yeah, I mean, we, it, it could happen if we, like, if, if we stay focused, stay on the right path, then anything's possible. And who would be the last fight? How would you decide who goes on last? <laughs> flip of the coin? And flip the coin or <laughs> you see what happens. You know? <laughs> we'll see what happens, but yeah. Well, Joshua, thanks for your time. We look forward to it. And we look forward to your rematch as well in the coming months. Yes, Best sir, of luck. Thank, thank you. you. After a bit of frustration with fight week opponent changes, unbeaten Khalil Co has the bit between his teeth to make a big statement this weekend. Big Stepper is under the spotlight this week. He caught up with producer Scott during fight week media day from Texas. Here he is. Well, Khalil, it's been on and off, but your fight this Saturday with Aaron Casper is officially off. You'd have a new yeah. opponent. How has the uncertainty affected preparation for this? Um. I'm not really worried about it. You know, I trained hard. You know, I know I, I did everything I needed to do to come away with a victory, regardless of who I'm fighting. You know, um, I was looking forward to, to fighting Aaron. You know, the circumstances for the last fight, and um, maybe we can like make it happen in the future. But as of right now, I'm just focused on uh, the quitter. So you're not letting the Casper fight sort of define you at this stage? It's, no. If it happens, it happens, but you'll move forward regardless. Yeah, I'm moving forward regardless. You know, that, that doesn't, he didn't, that fight didn't make me, and it's definitely not going to break me. Let's talk about Jimmy, um, the quitter, as you <laughs> refer to him as. What can you tell us about him? Um, pretty, I don't know anything about him. You know, um, I've heard that he's a, a puncher, and all of his fights really go in by knockout. So um, I'm just going to do what I do. And you know, stay smart and adjust. He's, he said he's an unorthodox fighter. You know, awkward, wild, and uh, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's in for a long ride. I think it's been quite noticeable on your social media and the build-up to this. Obviously, you've had the date locked in for a while. Mm -hmm. Has been an opponent change, but mentally, you seem really, really, really switched on for this. Definitely. You know, I'm trying to like become, trying to like grow and become more of of who I am, become who I am, who I'm destined to be, you know, and uh, and as far as like staying in the gym, staying in shape, trying to fight as much as possible so the world can really see what I'm capable of on a consistent basis. Stepping through the rounds, I think this is your third six rounder. Yeah. Is the plan to move up to eights after this? Yes, hopefully, um, inshallah, I'll be fighting eight, eight rounds my next fight. And three fights in 2022. How active would you like to be this year? I want at least to get four, at least four to five fights this year, you know, if possible. And uh, like I said, I hope Casper's one of those fights. But if not, then so be it. Just finally, have a message for your fans. Stay tuned, man. You know, keep watching. And y'all know what I'm capable of. Y'all seen what I've been doing. Training camp, everybody who's been following me, it's been a long training camp, exciting training camp. And, Come Saturday, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna execute. Little best of luck. We look forward to it on Saturday night. Thanks for Thank your time, you, man. Appreciate it. Well, thanks as always for listening to Flash Knockdown. Thanks to our guests Thomas Carty, Jay McFarlane, Khalil Co, Joshua Franco, Big John Fisher, and Darren Barker. Don't miss all the action live on the zone this weekend from Texas as Bam Rodriguez looks to become a two-weight world champion. The live broadcast for that one starts at 7pm Central Time. That's around about 1am for our UK listeners. Myself and Scott 
are back at Matrim HQ in Brentwood next week as we build up to announcing new shows, new signings, and much more. Stay tuned. We'll see you all next week. Thank you.